So because I knew that we wanted to do an episode about Harry Potter, I was thinking today about all of my various over the years Harry Potter tweets, which are um, historically my most interacted with tweets. But I had one that was like... With all, like, series like this, especially magical series, there has to be some level of not caring. But also, growing up with Tolkien um, and his incredible world building, I'm a little bit disappointed if things haven't been addressed. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I'm mad about that hasn't been addressed is that at Hogwarts, they talk a lot about how the Weasleys are so poor and you've heard me, yeah, you've heard me like get him playing about this before. How the Weasleys are so poor and how they have to use like hand me down this or that. Mm-hmm. But the Weasleys have a stay at home parent and a dad with a government job. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand they have a lot of kids and it doesn't sound like they have like institutional wealth. Yeah. But what happens? Like, how does Muggle. No. How does wizard economics work? Mm-hmm. Wizard poverty. Yeah. yeah. Is there such a thing as wizard poverty? Is there a school where the poorer kids go? Yeah. Do you have to it's pay money to get into yeah. Hogwarts? You have to I buy your own you stuff. Yeah. You know what I will say, though? Yeah. Um, we do know that Voldemort's family was wizard impoverished. Yes. Uh, but... Yeah, do they ever say how he ends up getting money? Does he get, like, a fund from the school or something? I don't know, because they ha- they're they in charge of buying their own robes, their yeah. own cauldron, their pet, mm-hmm. their, like, all of these things. Yeah, what's the tuition, though? I don't know. So it sounds like yeah. there might it might be free of tuition. Yeah, but, but you I, have to pay for the materials. Yeah. You have to pay for the materials, which we all know is right? not actually free yeah. tuition. Yeah. That means you're actually paying for something. But, like, I think what I'm irritated by is... They don't explain how poverty works in the wizard community. Like, if the Weasleys are so poor, but their dad works a regular job, where are the other poor kids? Yeah. And do they just not go to school? Is there no fun to help them buy things? Yeah. Like, like are, are they supporting their families too, and they, don't, they like don't get the time to go and be in boarding school? I have no idea. And then if you're a wizard, why can't you just, like, magically make food? Magically build? I don't know. It just... I don't understand how wizard poverty works. Yeah. That's a good point. Thank you. I haven't thought about it that much. You know what's kind of weird about that is that JK, like, was on welfare for, like... Yeah. When she was writing the book. So you would think that's something she would think about or care about. Right. Well, and I'm just weirded out by the fact that they talk about the Weasleys being so poor. And I'm like, I'm sorry. In what way? This doesn't sound poor to me. Yeah. Like, you had to use some hand-me-downs. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know a family that told me. What a rough life. Yeah. Yeah. That's my query. That's a a good question. Also, I think that everything in your podcast should be called queries. Because it's queer. There is a podcast called Query. Oh, really? Hosted by Carmen Esposito. Cameron Esposito. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, Cameron. I forgot. I think it's Cameron. I yeah. think it's I would Cameron. remember if it was Carmen. It is Cameron. <laughs> That's fine. People miss you. Cameron, yeah. if you're yeah. listening to this. <laughs> we, we are so reach sorry. Out to <laughs> us. Yeah. Your fellow Italian-American queers. <laughs> I'm not Italian. I'm also not Italian. Okay, it's just me. (laughs) Ellie, could I ask you to introduce yourself? Hi. This is what we do with our guests. Yeah. Oh, my God. And ourselves. Any any way, shape, or form that you want to. Yeah, we never introduce ourselves, Sally. Not not after the second episode, we do. Hey, I'm Erin. That's Erin over there. Yo. This is Sally. We're joined this week by Ellie. Hi. I'm Ellie. Also, Ellie's roommate, Helen. (laughs) Helen is in the background. Helen, (laughs) your Harry Potter thoughts, feel free to weigh in. Who doesn't have Harry Potter thoughts? I have lots of them. Yeah. I yeah. Also, okay, so when I mentioned earlier that I've decided just to not care, what I mostly mean is that I, I've decided that the only ethical way to um, engage with Harry Potter is to engage with it in ways that would really disturb J.K. Rowling. Uh, Agreed. Which is, I mean, I've always felt this way, but Harry is a, is a trans boy and Luca oh. is 
non-binary and also Harry yes. is the most obvious bisexual in the planet. Yes. In the planet. In yes. the whole planet. In the whole Within planet. the core. In the whole planet. So these are my these are my not so hot but very fervent takes about Harry Potter. Oh, I very love that. fervent. Wait, I yeah. want to hear um, your read on Harry as a trans boy. I just think it would be fun. Yeah. But also, fair. like, I feel like it's a similar thing to, like, where people who, like, are like, oh, Harry is black, and they'll talk about, like, that could maybe explain part of why his family is so, like, weird and shitty, and, like, they don't want to yeah. show him to the neighbors. But I mm. feel like it's the same, uh, like, a similar thing. I could see it, like, if Harry was a trans boy, there would be that, too. But also, like, you know they would still be giving him Dudley's ugly big clothes, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. Good point. But also, I just think it'd be fun. That would be really fun. Yeah. yeah. I love the read that Hermione is black, too. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I do also want to know, like, how does race work within the muggle? Yeah. I, I keep saying muggle, but I definitely mean wizard. Yeah. The wizard community. Right. Yeah, um, that never really comes up. No. And, uh-uh. and there, I mean, there are all these, like, allude, wait, what am I trying Allusions. to say? Allusions to, like, race stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even, I mean, the term muggle or muggle-born right. or, pu- what is it, pure blood? Yeah. Yeah. Different types of racism. Absolute slurs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they don't actually talk about it. Yeah, it's in the very real surface level. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then like the way it it makes Hermione feel. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that something we were talking about too? Is like if Hermione was black too, and then like it would make sense that they were all calling her the these slurs, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that they were really intimidated by her, mm-hmm. and intimidated by her achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, like, how could a Muggle-born witch yeah. get this? Mm-hmm. And like, also, yeah, I don't think you ever hear any of the other Muggle-borns specifically called those things. Like, they might, as yeah. a general group, yeah. call them that, but it's never like Hermione's the only one who gets so specifically targeted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually okay. I haven't reread in a while. But, like, are there other students that get called out for being muggle-born? Because I am drawing um, a blade right just now. Fitch Fletchley is one of yeah. the kids paralyzed in... Paralyzed? Yeah, essentially paralyzed. Petrified. In, petrified in the second book, so and he must be... And Myrtle, too, right? Yeah, she so. was. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't remember if they're, like, making a big deal out of it until he's petrified. Mm-hmm. Although, he does think that Harry is intentionally targeting him. Because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. I was like, how could you think that? Just felt very um, indefensible. Yeah. Harry. I don't feel particularly bonded to Harry. I'm going to put that out there. That's fine. Even as I read the books, I didn't love mm-hmm. Harry as a character. Oh um, I think because I read them when I was older. Mm. And... Oh. I felt very turned off by the all caps, Harry. Mm-hmm. Like in, what is that, book four? Book five. Book five. Mm-hmm. When like everything he says is all caps and he's just like yeah. mad all the time. Yeah. And then I was listening to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And they were trying to explain like, this is a kid who's like experienced a lot of trauma and doesn't yeah. have like a way of dealing with it. But I guess I just felt annoyed I, yeah. I don't know. I felt Harry, Harry was always my favorite character from the very beginning. Oh my god! And okay, I actually go do really like Harry in the fifth book. I, the reason I like Harry is because he's like he's so sarcastic. He's like such a little butthead, and like I do <laughs> just love, like you. Yes, yeah, I, I actually do. <laughs> I actually do feel like I like associated with him in some ways. But yeah, I don't know. In the fifth book, like yeah, he's going through a lot, and like. For some reason, Dumbledore's not talking to him, and he's, yeah. like, really yeah. confused and just upset by everything. So, like, yeah, I totally, I don't know. I've always been very defensive of him. Yeah. Also, when I was, like, in my heyday of being super into Harry Potter, like, people, like, nobody really liked Harry as, like, their favorite character. I feel like the ties have changed, like, yeah. People are more into him now. But I was like, yeah. like the one, the like that meme of the soldier standing in front of the kid in bed. <laughs> and I'm the like, soldier no. and all the, all the knives are hitting my back so they oh, won't get hairy. That's really cute. <laughs> that's precious. Like I remember I once wrote like a very long defense on 
uh, Tumblr. That's dope. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, we need to find that. Yeah, someone. Can you give us a synopsis? I. It was mostly about that. Like, did you get any retweets? Wait, what is it called on Tumblr? Reblogs. I actually don't remember. This was when this was like when I was eighteen or nineteen, yeah. so it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know, I just like him a lot. That's lovely. I think he's so funny. I love that for you. Yeah, and I also think that, like, there are some things about his character that I feel like are set up in the first book, and she just never follows through with it. Mm -hmm. Like, before, like, before classes even start, he's, like, reading all his textbooks, and he's really excited about learning things before he shows up, and... Then, like, the second he's in school, he suddenly <laughs> doesn't care he suddenly, about school. Yeah, he suddenly doesn't care anymore, or, like... That's you, the part that pissed me off yeah. a lot. And then also, like, when he has the sort... Like, when he's going through his sorting, I feel like the hat goes out of the way to be like, yeah, you'd be pretty good in Ravenclaw, too. Or, like... Mm. Or the thing that really bugs me is that the hat wants to put him in Slytherin, and he's like, you want to be great. Like, you have these characteristics, but we never see anything... That shows that he's like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just really annoys me that the book like brings up these things, but then she's too much of a baby to like commit to any of them. Yeah, mm. or maybe an inexperienced writer. That's Do you like... think the Slytherin thing was literally just because of the Horcrux? Oh, I didn't I think, think about that. Maybe she would say that, but I also like don't think she had Horcruxes in mind when yeah, she no. wrote that in the book. I, I don't think, think she it's, had it's BS. It's yeah. definitely that Harry actually does have those characteristics, but that she just didn't want to explore it because she was like, no, all Slytherins are bad. Yeah. Have you heard the Simplistic. argument about like <laughs> how the two, ha- two of the houses are loyalist houses and two of the houses are idealist houses? Cool. I don't know. I can't remember who came up with this idea and I'm probably going to butcher it. So I'm just going to pretend like this is the first time. This is the first time we've been talking about this. Okay. So loyalist houses would be, um, Gryffindor and Slytherin, right? Okay. And then idealist houses would be Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. When you say loyalist, like loyalist to who? Exactly. Loyalist to your people, to yourself, to, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and so like you see that a lot in Slytherin because a lot of the people who are very like loyal to the old way of witchcraft and like the old way of the purebloods inheriting the earth, uh, like there's a lot of that sort of loyalty. And then in Gryffindor, I think you get a lot of loyalty to friends, like, I think that's the only reason that Hermione is in Gryffindor instead of Ravenclaw mm-hmm. is because she's so loyal. And, like, there are times when she's like, this is not actually the smartest choice. And I'm going with it because yeah. you two fools mm. need me here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's great. And then I feel like Ravenclaw, like, I think that when, when it came down to it, I'm definitely Ravenclaw. I think that I would choose what I felt was right internally. I de- like my idealism rather than my friends, Mm. which is like a really weird thing to say. But I think I would definitely like if some of, if one of my friends did something that I really disagreed with, I'd be like, okay, I guess that's too bad. Yeah. I'm going to get a chocolate chip cookie. Does anyone want a chocolate chip cookie? I would love one. Yeah. Yeah. This is dope. Cookie break. This is your first um, (laughs) Cookie, cookie break. LA Brought cookies. to you by Ellie's Cookies. Ellie, tell us more about this brand. <laughs> this is my own cookie recipe. Original recipe. Original Beautiful. recipe. Just like Kentucky Fried Chicken. The key is more brown sugar than people expect. Mm. Browned mm-hmm. butter. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you fully cool the browned butter so that when you whip it with the sugar, you get those pockets of air. And then I always use a chocolate bar instead of chips. Chips. Hell yeah. What else? Oh, by pan banging. Mm-hmm. To give the ridges the, yeah. the waves. Yeah, so that it's not cakey and tented. It's like mm-hmm. flat trying. and gooey. Enjoy, yeah, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get my And, oh, and this I learned from Joy the Baker is salt that you put on the bottom of the cookie. So when you put it in your mouth, the salt ah, activates your taste buds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 
This is a Ravenclaw's way of baking, right? Absolutely. Thanks, baby. This is a delicious cookie, too. Mm, thank you. Mm. What were you going to say before I interrupted you to talk about oat milk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm really intrigued by this idea that you're talking about with, like, the, the loyalist houses, but I don't... Um, like, I, I feel like to be able to comment on it, I would need more contextual, mm. you know. Yeah. But I also don't want to just, like, move on because it seemed interesting. I think that I see a lot of similarities in, like, Malfoy's posse and Harry's posse. Mm-hmm. You know, like, first of all, there are frequently three people, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and a leader and two sort of followers, mm-hmm. which maybe it's not fair to categorize them that way, but mm. I think... It is a little bit that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that you see people who are really, I mean, I'm just going to keep repeating this word, but like loyal and indebted to their friends and willing to back them up mm-hmm. even when they're making choices that are like really yeah. bad choices. Like, and we see that in the first book. Like, I remember that beautiful moment of there's a troll in Uh Hogwarts and they're like Hermione's in the the bathroom yeah we're gonna go like uh, this is a horrible decision yeah everyone's being evacuated somewhere Uh, else right I would say Ron only goes along because Harry's there Ron's a fucking stupid Ron's a real coward (laughs) like I'm happy to go and hide (laughs) yes but I thought that was a beautiful moment of being like we can't leave this person behind. And mm-hmm. Hermione being in the bathroom is a little bit our fault anyway. A lot mm-hmm. of it our fault. Mm-hmm. Almost entirely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so then we see people, and I don't really know where to place Neville because Neville's like the wild card in mm-hmm. Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's like, guys, you're making some shitty decisions. Mm-hmm. And like, you're going to have to petrify me to like, get me to stay out of your way. Neville's the one true Gryffindor, I, I think, mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that, his character in that point. He's very brave. Like, yeah. He's yeah. really brave to stand up to people. It's like a variation mm-hmm. on the Gryffindor idea, or like at least what the three of them are representing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm they're really more like, reckless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I even forgot that he did that just now until you guys mentioned it, because mm-hmm. I feel like that scene could have not happened in the movie, and you know, no one would be the wiser, but it's really cool that he did that and yeah. it, like, gets, like, attention. Well, he had to do that because Dumbledore had to give Gryffindor the extra ten <laughs> points to push them over the edge to beat Slytherin That's for the really House Cup cool. that year, you Exactly. Know? It's all part of Dumbledore's grand plan. Bit <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the first thing. step? Fuck you, Slytherin. <laughs> I think I've already... Okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 I am a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, but so I do like that, but to counter, do you think it's the house thing, or do you think it's because Harry and Draco just have such strong personalities? Mm. Could be. Wow. I mean, I will say, like... Do you think Neville is actually the one true boy? I think <laughs> Neville's probably the I think he's the one, one true. He's, I think he's like a better boy than Harry. I know. Which is why I, I think I like him slightly less. About him. That would be cool as fuck. Yeah. Well. You like him last Halfway through the long? series? Yeah, I like I like Harry a lot. His mm. flaws really make him like endear him to me. But I like Neville. Okay, wait, I'm gonna go head to head with you on this because okay. I feel like Neville's flaws it, Neville was not the perfect kid. He in no way was the perfect kid. Yeah. He was, I think, a little bit more of an idealist, so maybe that's why I like him so much. But, like, kind of sucked at everything. Mm. Yeah, and but he was that's just not, like that's not a character trait. It's not personality. He's kind of a trope. Or an archetype, right? Like yeah. the. The fool. Like, yeah. In, yeah. In Hey Arnold, it was Eugene, the Jinx. Mm. Yeah, the fool. The fool, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the bad at everything, except for herbology. Mm hmm. Yeah, the kid who, I, I don't know, I'm a sucker for an underdog. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely mm-hmm. a sucker for, like, a kid who has had as rough of a time as Harry, but you don't see him griping and groaning mm-hmm. all the time. He just kind of sucks, and more people are just telling him how much he sucks. And then he <laughs> finds true. this one, and then he finds this one thing that he's good at, mm-hmm. and he, like, puts his mind to it, and he, like, keeps going. I don't know, I, I'm a real sucker for that kind of story mm-hmm. of, like, a kid who just oh. kind of has 
What? Sorry, I am. It's totally clicking with me why you like this too. Because oh. you don't like it when people are like, just assume like people are born with this like humongous talent, and it's not something that they had oh, to be a human. Oh, it's part of my pedagogy. And work f- and like work for over time, and was like a, yeah. you know have real human struggles with it. Yeah, or, like yeah. That's one of the things that I hate about Harry is this idea of like inherited value. Yeah, yeah. right. Is that like, his dad was the superstar? And so these powers so he didn't course, need to work for. Him. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course Harry's really good at being a wizard. So of course Harry's really good. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. like Neville's parents were just as powerful of witches and wizards. They came out really plain. He came out really plain. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and he really struggled, but he stuck with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, oh, he's a human being. Thank you for pointing that and out because I was like, just why do I feel this way? Yeah. And I like I, yeah, I I want to argue against that it's like not a personality trait because I think that his personality is like sticking up for what he believes yeah. in mm-hmm. and very humble and I would say. humble yeah. and gritty. He's kind, like he yeah. kept on trying even though he really sucked at shit. Yeah. That's really brave. I would say keep... that's a yeah. that's a good point. I, I'm eating another I cookie. Kind of, I kind of cut you off. Go off. Um I also I will say like we are kind of led to believe that Harry is better at things, but we're actually also shown that he is not. <laughs> like he's really not good. Yeah. Which what frustrates me about Harry a lot and I can't decide if this is just JK not following through on what she brings up before he ever goes to school, or if this was just always meant to be Harry's thing. He never does really try to be that much better. Like, there's a few things that he yeah. tries at, but he's not, you know? So I I do think, like, yeah, Neville's definitely more respectable from that standpoint, but I also just, very gritty. I, I have to admit, I just I like love Harry. the gritty kids. I yeah. love Hermione reading mm-hmm. the textbooks three times through before mm-hmm. the first day of class. Yeah. I still resonate with that. You know? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, she had that shit memorized. She was, like, ready to go. And she wasn't raised in that world. Oh, right. That's a, incredible to me. I love that about her personality. Yeah. Because, like, she already and felt, then, like, said And that. then Harry, on the other hand, like, shows up to class and he's like, I don't know. I don't Jeez. need to know either. And, yeah, and, like, yeah. why are you picking on me? But, like, Hermione had read the text and they were in the same position. They were mm-hmm. both muggle raised mm-hmm. no access to the wizarding world yeah once again though i'm sorry i have to keep defending <laughs> we're not trying to convince you to not <laughs> snape was intentionally trying to make him look stupid that's true yeah yeah and i love that about hermione snape. That shit. i hate that actually because oh. he does that to hermione and he does that to neville he does it to both of them he does it to no. all of them he intentionally tries to make them look stupid in front of the other classmates yeah that's just not cool. And they're children. Don't and he's an adult me. man. Yeah. And I, like with Harry, he has the excuse of having hated his dad, which is a bad excuse. That's a bad excuse. But Neville and Hermione, he has no excuse for treating them that way. That's just a bully. Yeah, he's a bully. Yeah. He is a bully. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree with you, and I weirdly love bullies in books. That's okay. So we, we both complex. have our character that we're gonna yeah. be defensive yeah. of no yeah. matter what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't like, think it's okay. And yeah. there, there's like a whole, if you haven't listened to, plugging another podcast on this podcast. I'm so this sorry. professional. That's fine. Honestly, that's what they do. If you haven't listened to Harry <laughs> Potter and the Sacred Text, do so now. Um, it's the best. But one of the things that they talk about is like flawed pedagogy at, at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, why was someone allowed to be this cruel to the kids? Yeah. yeah. I'm so fired. Why? Yeah. Why are you not fired? Mm-hmm. For a bunch of things. And, like, as much as I love Hagrid, dude, why was Hagrid not <laughs> he should, fired? He should not have been a teacher Yeah, in the first place. He was putting kids around dangerous creatures. And, like, I don't care if you believe. Like, I mean, I love alligators and crocodiles. I think they're really cool. <laughs> Sally's, like, looking at me for I've the... never heard this before. <laughs> you didn't know this of me. They're I also cool. love snakes. They're cool. Yes, all of these me? things cool and misunderstood. Cool and misunderstood, and I'm not going to teach a class to children where they're like, here, feed this, learn about yeah. this, study this for weeks, yeah. carried around. Like, yeah. no. I don't know if I actually tweeted this or if I was just thinking about it, but it's like one of those like quadrant graphs mm-hmm. where like the things are like likes Harry versus doesn't like Harry, and then the other axis is buys into Harry's bullshit, doesn't buy into Harry's bullshit. So, like, Mm. Snape is, like, the ideal of, like, 
dislikes Harry doesn't buy into Harry's bullshit. Yes. But my fav- one of my favorite characters is Draco because I think he's the only one who falls into doesn't like Harry does Buzz fall into Harry's Harry. bullshit. Oh he's like one of the very few who falls into that category. Wow. Wait, give uh, an example of Draco buying into his bullshit. Oh my god, the reason, like, when um they're at the bookstore and oh Gilderoy Lockhart is like, oh, Harry, take a photo with me. And Draco's like, oh, famous Harry, doesn't it feel good <laughs> to, to have everybody love you? Oh, Harry. He's, like, obsessed with him and yeah. totally, it like, totally buys into his bullshit. Yeah. But hates him so much, which I love. That's amazing. Mm, yeah. I love that, too. But then, yeah, you've got, like, McGonagall, who oh, I yeah. think is like likes Harry but doesn't buy his yes. bullshit. I really respect that. And Hermione, yeah. I feel like, is less on the like doesn't buy his bullshit margin, but she's still on that side. Mm-hmm. And why? Why does she sort of buy into his bullshit? Because she likes him so much, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, is she protective? Like, yeah, she is. And also, mm-hmm. I feel like she knows him better than most of the other characters, which means she yeah. knows his good qualities really well, even mm-hmm. when she knows his bad qualities. Yeah, they have a lot mm-hmm. of tender moments, which I really appreciate. Yeah, they've got pretty cute. much the best friendship in the, yeah. whole, in the mm-hmm. whole series. It's really nice. Although I do we... think the friendship between Harry and Luna is like... Yeah, that was I agree. awesome. They're, they're that was really cool. I very much identify with Luna. I like people, but I don't actually need to be that close to them. I was pretty spacey and in my own world, but like smart in my own way. Sometimes I also feel like Luna's the kid that sort of got away where people like the like the the classic kid who slips through the cracks. Mm, yeah. She didn't yeah. really slip through the cracks because thank God kids often save themselves from situations like that. Mm. But like People are just kind of like, oh, Luna, yeah, neurodivergent Luna, you know? And then, yeah. like, she's actually really, really smart, and people are just like, oh, she's making bullshit, yeah. you know? Like, I, yeah. I do also feel like she is, like, the epitome of likes Harry but doesn't fall for his bullshit. Like, you yeah. Know? Like, absolutely. My favorite yeah. scene with them is when they're at Bill and Fleur's wedding, and Harry's in disguise, and she, like, walks up to him and is like... <laughs> I hey. knew you were Harry because you had that look on your face. <laughs> like that She's stupid cool. look on your face. <laughs> like, oh my god. I love that. Mm. She sees through it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And like, well, there were a lot of like, I'm realizing now, shitty, okay, this is this is my sad little story. Oh. There are a lot of like, shitty things that I'm realizing now were probably bullying mm-hmm. that like, um, like people used to say, oh shit, Ellie says, shit, Ellie says. And I feel like that's like a Luna thing, right? Yeah, is like, I would say something that I felt like was really pertinent to a conversation, which was probably just like a neurodivergent moment of being like, oh, like something about pheromones being like, you know, like yeah. this is really important that you know about pheromones. And that's the reason that you're attracted to this person. And, um, I feel like that's what happens with Luna, where she's, like, talking about something and everyone's like, hmm, oh, shit, Luna says. And then it yeah. turns out to actually freaking be yeah. true. Yeah. And they just, like, aren't on her wavelength. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are moments like that where I think that, like, she sees through people's disguises and, like, she does want to, like, actually truly, I think, know people on a deep level. And the reason she doesn't get along with people is because she doesn't want to know them on a surface level. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not really interested in, like, fun, flitty yeah. friendships. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really do well with, like, yeah. like it's like, let's talk Small now. talk. Yeah. Small talk. That's mm-hmm. the word. Yeah. yeah. And it, I couldn't even remember. That's how... It was so small. It. Yeah. It was so... <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Luna. I love Luna so much. Yeah. Very cool. I love her weird, hippie, pagan dad <laughs> situation. I love... Mm. They're like, you know, dance moves. They're zine that they're writing yeah, together. Is. That's, That's what so it is. Cute. You know? Blair, Blair. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I love that her and Harry go to that, uh, this slug club yeah. party together. That's, yeah. That is the best. That's a great yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm. It was lovely. Yeah. I used to hear that, um, when people would describe what Hufflepuff House was about, they would say it's like, that's a house of loyalists. So I thought it was, 
Oh, maybe I mixed them up. I was kind of wondering about that, but I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> but I could see the argument for the way that we did make it originally, too. Which is confusing. Now I want to see, what if I Google and see if someone yeah, has actually written on this? That, that would be interesting. Yeah, because one of the like main characteristics of Hufflepuff is loyalty. And you mm-hmm. can see it a lot throughout the show. Yeah. Show, mm-hmm. movie, whatever, the books. Show. Loyalist. Everything but, a, everything but a show, in fact. Yeah, um, for real. Okay, we're going to see what happens. Okay. But I do think you have a good point because you do get the impression that Slytherins and Gryffindors are both very, like, I will defend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go down even almost if they're anything wrong. else. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my stomach. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, that was a great addition to the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you guys are right. Uh, loyalist is people over morals, and idealist would be morals over people. Idealist houses, the two idealist houses are Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. The difference between them as primaries is delineated by the nature of their moral system. Gryffindors follow internal, felt moral systems Mm. that they serve above all else, while Ravenclaw serve constructed moral systems that they use as a guideline for all behavior. Mm. Gryffindors will follow a moral because it feels right, Ravenclaws because they have deduced that it is right, as declared by their system. Okay, and then you could make a secondary system that's Ravenclaws and Slytherins are more maybe logically yeah, oriented. Totally. And, like, yeah, totally. Hufflepuffs and Gryffindors are more emotionally oriented. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know. Yeah, I like that. Should we draw a new Punnett square? <laughs> it seems like we don't need to. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's basically what someone is describing in this in this article this scholarly article <laughs> a gryffindor would be disgusted by a slytherin doing wrong to help their family a slytherin would be disgusted by a gryffindor sacrificing his family for the greater good mm. either could be a hero or a villain hmm. mm. that's mm. challenging in a sentence yeah I liked it. this is really cool okay i have to spend more time with this yeah yeah can you see we'll yeah i'm gonna article. send this to you guys it's somebody's WordPress. Dope. That sounds pretty cool. But it sounds, it seems like this is an idea that has like made it through the realms. Yeah. Because I Googled it and there were many oh, things cool. that came up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sending to our group chat. Um, I was watching a YouTube series called Cinema Therapy the other day where mm-hmm. they were discussing the different bullies in Harry Potter and how like his greatest weapon is like seeing their wound and then like suddenly they can't hurt him anymore because now he's like he feels bad for them it's like oh i see like you wanted to punch down and like that's tragic but like i pity you and you can't like you can't hold that over me anymore yeah like one of my favorite scenes in episode five um whatever movie five I love when you say that. Thank you. I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Is that Star Wars? Star Wars. Wars. Okay. Star Wars. Excellent. Is like after Voldemort had like tortured him and like kind of possessed him and stuff, and he's mm-hmm. writhing around the ground, and he's like, "I will end you, Harry Potter." And Harry's like, "You'll never know love or friendship." Yeah. And I feel sorry oh, for you. Yeah. It brings me to tears. Yeah. Every Harry time. kind of brutalizes him yeah. quite frequently. <laughs> like, yeah, man. You're You're supposed to believe Voldemort feels no emotions, but man, that hurt a little bit, right? Like you just hit the nail on the head. He'll never know it. He's incapable and he'll never he'll never even if he is capable, he's like too awful to like for anyone to ever be able to like get close to him. He's decided that he doesn't even want to. Maybe he feels he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Who knows what if there's any humor that's left in there. I would argue that he it's not that he doesn't feel he deserves it. I think he has decided he doesn't need that. Okay. You know, yeah. like it's only brought him strife. Yeah. Perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or as the book like says, since he was conceived on a love potion, like that part of his brain is missing. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that personally. Okay. okay. Tell me more. Well, because I feel like the thing the idea there is that children of rape can't feel love in this universe. Yeah. Is that the well, well, yeah, that's just trying to take. As, essentially, if you, he was born because of a love potion, oh, right? Okay, that seems that person's will. Yeah, yeah. which, okay. like, I obviously it's not a good thing to do, but also, like, what children of rape, like, I'm sure can yeah grow to become normal loving people. Yeah, like, and not have attachment issues. Yeah, it was a 
problematic stance to take for one. I sometimes I also get annoyed with like people taking the easy way out when we're like villainizing people. Like sometimes people do really bad things and they make the choice to not yeah. experience love or whatever. Like I think that right gotcha. now we're in this like era of being really intrigued by the idea of psychopath or sociopath. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think it's that cut and dry. I just don't think it's that simple. I think that people do care about some people's love and affection. And then you can sort of turn that off for other people. I mean, I do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't care about like what some rando on the street thinks about me, Mm -hmm. but I do care about like what you guys think about me. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I've been reading a lot of, like, books lately where, I don't know, it it seems like it's, like, an easy path to being, like, oh, this person is just a sociopath or just a psychopath. And it's, I think it's having a moment right now, and it's fun to read. It's exhilarating to read. But it's also, and I think that we are having, like, a deeper conversation. Like, I read this book called The Push, Mm. and really fascinating read. I don't think I, like, it resonated with me as much as it resonated with, like, my sister because she's a mom and I have not experienced having children. But basically, you're reading about it as this mom who feels like her daughter is a psychopath. And, like, the whole time through, you're, like, the mom is getting gaslit by everyone in her life and just being told she's, like, a terrible parent. Mm. And she's trying to, like, warn them about these tendencies. So, It was kind of a cool conversation because not only were you having, like, the thought process of, like, is this a reliable narrator? Mm -hmm. Like, is this a person that's trustworthy? Are you being gaslit? Is Mm -hmm. she being gaslit? But you're also having a bigger conversation of, like, can a child be a psychopath? Can Mm -hmm. you, is this something that is born and innate in you? Or is this something that's, like, part of your upbringing and that you can like train out of people and yeah Yeah. and I I do think that's super interesting in the context of Harry Potter specifically because like there's that Dumbledore line where he's like saying the big difference between Harry and Voldemort is their choices but like Voldemort really wasn't given like the same opportunities like Dumbledore didn't trust him from the beginning yeah, and, that's, and everybody gave Terry the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and that's because, like, when he met them, they were different people already. But, like, yeah. that yeah. like that doesn't speak to choices. That speaks to nature. So, like, I don't know. It's, like, the same thing where I also don't mind if a character is just a psychopath. But, like, when the books are trying to make these, like, philosophical, you know, like, stu- yeah. like when it's trying to study and, like, talk about philosophy in this manner, you can't really have a character who's just a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Who also ha- was raised in terrible circumstances, yeah. but yeah. he was never given right. opportunities the way that others were. Yeah. yeah. So, like... It's also cheap, too, because we don't see a lot of people writing about psychopaths that were given every opportunity in the world. Mm-hmm. They want to, in some way, blame it on, like, you had one traumatic event as a child. Like, your parents died and you were raised in an orphanage or something. Yeah. And now you're a psychopath. Yeah. And, but, yeah. like... The thing is, there are people who are raised plenty, in incredibly of serial killers. Yeah, yeah incredibly yeah. privileged environments, and became mm. a serial killer. And then there are plenty of people who are raised with horrible, horrible trauma, mm-hmm. and they're lovely people. Yeah. yeah. So I just think very lame. Yeah. It's 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 not kind of dry. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's pathetic to be that easy on your reader, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, what's the word I'm looking to for? Act like it's, it's just a dichotomy. It's too easy. It's yeah. too easy works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's lazy. Yeah. Lazy. Yeah. It's the word that I often don't use, but I'm gonna use right now. It's lazy. It's <laughs> lazy writing. It makes me um angry or just like uncomfy too, because I really don't like to think or like yeah, put people into camps of like you're this or that. Like there's hella shades of gray and I don't know. I don't want to, like, write off somebody. I would be down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Cause I like that you brought up villains in general, because I know that you're a fan of Shadow Weaver from She-Ra. I love and Shadow And I, I would love to hear more about that sometime. Okay, well, I need to do a rewatch okay. of the series before. So maybe yeah. we can talk about Catra. But or, I feel I like Shadow Weaver is a great example of, yeah. like... Okay, we know I'm gonna say. Yeah, okay. I was gonna go into the. <laughs> gonna be a setup. I, I was gonna go into the like idealist loyalist situation mm-hmm. there, but I'm like, 
I want to sit with it. So maybe- I love a good sort of complex villain character. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love like really compelling. I think it's why I want to like Snape and mm-hmm. I I agree with you that I think that he's he, lazy too. Lazy writing, yeah. lazy writing and yeah. I'm I'm irritated that it's happening to children. I think yeah. if it was adults it would be a really different yeah. story. Yeah. I have no problem with his hatred of James. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, he was treated terribly by it him. It creeps yeah. me so out when I talk to full-grown adults that are like He's only like abusing Harry because he loved his mom. I'm like that. That isn't true. That's in fact even worse. Yeah, you still have <laughs> his like, mother, who he had every yeah. chance with, but ruined exactly. his chance every time. That's some incel energy I also, there. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah. you know, like that's. I'm gonna take it here, but like that's rape culture mm-hmm. is like that's saying like. Oh, the boys are throwing pencils at you in class because they like you. The yeah. boys are being mean to you because they like you. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. JK, you can do better than this, but actually she can. Yeah. Yeah. And we've learned that the hard way. Yeah. Time to imbibe. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I'm not letting it breathe. We're just lovely. diving. Yeah, we're in. just diving in. Okay. So, to change the subject entirely, unless we want to continue along a more serious path. So, to take things on a much lighter note, unless we want to continue seriously. Oh, no, no, no. This is great. How do we feel about the fact that Joanne goes out of her way to let us know that Harry was born on July 31st and is thus a Leo, while Voldemort was born on December 31st and is thus a Capricorn? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love it for both of them. Ron was born on March 31st and is therefore an Aries. Oh, I love that for him. Oh. It totally tracks. All of those totally track. You know, it's weird. I don't think we know Hermione's birthday. I hope she's a Virgo. Yeah. I, I feel like say. Hermione must be born over the summer because I think Ron, we know his birthday because it's during the school year. I just like, I mean, she doesn't explicitly give us many birthdays, but I do like that she specifically gives us those two birthdays. So that, and they're definitely intentional because Harry's a fucking Leo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's the Mr. Gryffindor. <laughs> Mr. Gryffindor. Oh, and wait, isn't... Oh, no. Okay, Capricorn's the horned goat. I just feel like Capricorn does also give off Slytherin energy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Capricorns would totally happily take that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Um... So I think that we need to be upfront about our own natal charts as we sit here. <laughs> and um, I am a reluctant Leo. <laughs> Very reluctant. Um, because I more resonate with the fact that I have a Virgo stellium and like a ton of earth signs and a ton of fixed signs. And then I have a Taurus moon. And a Gemini rising. And a Gemini rising. We're both Gemini risings. Mm -hmm. So I don't really identify with my Leo-ness. And I tend to really dislike other Leos. Yeah. Fair. Hence Harry. Hence my dislike of Harry. Um, I do not have any Leo, but I love Leos. And I also love Capricorns. And to be honest, I kind of love both Harry and Voldemort in their own ways. Can you give me your rundown of your top three, of your... Big three? What, my... my Sun, moon, rising? Oh, I'm Pisces, sun, Aries, moon, Capricorn, rising. And then I also really, really love Virgos because sister signs uh, Pisces. Are we going to be friends? I think we may be becoming friends. (laughs) This is precious. Wow. Wow. A friendship develops on this very podcast. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) That can be your sub. Your sub. That would be so cute. That would be cute. And real quick, I'm a Sagittarius sun, uh, Libra moon, Virgo rising. No, not Virgo. Jesus, what's it called? Gemini rising. Gemini. Yeah, you guys just <laughs> that talked about this. That would be wild if you were Virgo rising. <laughs> it's not true. It would be a different a different person we were mm-hmm. looking at today, perhaps. Yeah. I might have it together. <laughs> I might not be wearing my whole outfit like this. But it's fine. Yeah, I really like the, um, the hoodie... The hoodie strings wrapped around your neck. This looks it's like, like a bolo tie. That's what I was just going to say. It looks like a bolo. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, Howdy. Another noise. <laughs> All right. Yeehaw. I would also, like, if we're talking about yeah. dates, I would also like to point out that everything in Harry Potter either, either happens on the 
31st of the month or the 24th of the month. Why? <laughs> How did you notice this? Okay, well, the, th- the reason I noticed the 30... 30- that one's pretty obvious. So he was born on the 31st, October 31st, his parents die. Mm. Um, wow. Baltimore's birthday, the 31st. And then every once in a while, we get things about that, too. The 24th thing, in the fourth book, all of the events happen on the 24th. The second task happens on what would have been my first birthday <gasps> if it was oh. real. And then the third task oh. happens on my dad's birthday, June 24th. Lovely. So February 24th, June 24th. There has to be like some numerology shit there. There's something Should going I look on. it up? Yeah, yeah what's the significance of the 24th and also the 30th? Yeah, but I mean, numerology. I feel like Joanne's all about patterns and stuff like mm. that. Like, she really yeah. wants to make it look like she thought really hard about this series. <laughs> and then it's a little lazy. And then it's a I mess. hope she listens. Yeah, Joanne, if you're listening, we are not huge fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, At for all. more reasons than just the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were going to be like, for more reasons than just the transphobia. The transphobia. Yeah. Yeah. That is my main reason. <laughs> if I had one thing to Yeah, it's the transphobia. Also, you're really there. Also, Joanne. blatant fat phobia. Yeah. yeah. Which is really aggressive fat phobia. Not fun. Yeah. yeah. I also don't know if you guys read her, like, I, I wanted to call it a debut novel, but it's not a debut mm-hmm. novel. One of her mystery novels? Yeah. Okay. And. The, I cannot remember much about it because I think I honestly blacked it out of my <laughs> brain. I just do that sometimes when I dislike things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but one of the big plot points that sticks out to me is that a person hooks up with a 16-year-old and thankfully, like, thankfully I'm putting in air quotes because that's the way that she writes this character is like oh god thank god that they're over age because in England 16 yeah. is oh, like is the age of consent yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, to, <laughs> to write that <laughs> plot in and like here's the thing I fully believe in writing human stories but like that reaction of being like oh thank goodness mm-hmm. so that's not a good sign the, this word has not come out of my mouth this many times in 24-hour period. It's so lazy. Mm. It's so just like, can you think of a more complex way? If this is the story that you're writing, mm-hmm. can you think of a more complex way of writing it? Can you think of telling the the story of someone whose brain is not fully developed? Mm-hmm. They don't have a frontal lobe for like a decade longer. Like they're like, <laughs> I mean, they have a frontal lobe. It's like yeah. pea sized though. Yeah. yeah, that also like speaking about being lazy, I, and it's not really laziness. Like, but so something that I thought was really funny when I was in grad school for translation was that um, we had talked, and I don't remember the context about how. When she started writing her mystery novels, she was writing under, like, a pseudonym. And it literally took linguists, like, a day to crack to, it to figure out that it was her oh just God. based on her writing. Dingus. Because, like, it really is not great. But, like... What is her pseudonym? Do you remember? I don't remember. Is it the book? Wait, I wonder if it's... I think she might have eventually dropped the pseudonym oh, okay. because people figured it out so fast. But, like... I feel like she gets away with the not fantastic writing in Harry Potter because they are ostensibly children's books. Right, right, but, like, right. when you're writing novels for adults, like, a good author should be able to change tone and writing style depending on what they're writing. Mm. So I, I just remember I thought that was so funny at the time. I still think it's pretty funny. It is. It's kind of satisfying. Yeah. So my one really, my one last huge gripe is I really hate books that are like they in books or movies or tv shows supernatural does this as well mm. where one of the characters has a power that is like generally considered bad so like harry has can speak mm. to snakes because Voldemort can okay and then in supernatural like he gets these demon powers who's sam who? sam gets demon powers oh, it's actually like the okay. best the best plot so... point in supernatural uh, Dean, Jared, Pe- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe I had to tell you that. You know yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, what I really hate is that when shows Sorry. give characters these powers, and then they're like, "No, that power is evil. It's not about how you use the power. It's the fact that you have the power. It's evil. It's bad. You can't use it." What? And then it gets taken away because, like, it's bad. So, like, I don't think Harry should have. Like, I get that he doesn't have Voldemort's soul anymore, but like, 
He's been able to speak to snakes his whole life, and yeah. we know Does that he get a language. We know that Ron can learn. Yeah. It enough to open the chamber, so I don't yeah. think he should be able to not not be able to take, talk to snakes at the end of the series. Yes, yeah, because weird. there's nothing actually inherently wrong with being able to talk yeah. to snakes, and he's always had such lovely relationships with snakes. Seriously. Wait a second, great! I have not thought about this, and this is a marvelous conversation. I think about it constantly. Yeah. Okay, why don't they teach parcel tongue mm. as a language? I think it must be because. You, to be able to speak it well, you have to be a natural speaker, and there are so few of them that you couldn't teach it to people. Oh. But if, at this point, like in the 90s when the books are set, but that's a logical like explanation. A but like, in like the 1600s, when perhaps there were more speakers and it was probably less demonized, mm. you would think that maybe yeah. people would teach it. But yeah, well, we know. I'm just coming from like a Suzuki pedagogy mindset that like, I mean... It's like do it. children in the remote regions of Japan that speak this dialect that's incredibly difficult can learn it from a young age and have no trouble speaking it fluently. Yeah. So if you teach someone something from a young age, like you can learn something as a mother tongue. Like yeah. teaching teaching something as a mother tongue is effective. That's mm-hmm. how I teach music. Dope. Yeah. 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 So that's just it's always pissed me off. I don't think you I also really like snakes, full disclosure. So like me the talking too. the talking to snakes thing always was like super cool to me as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, when he was not able to talk to snakes anymore, I was pissed off. But like a lot of media does this where they're like, oh no, this is a bad power. And That's so true. I think they do this in yeah. charmed. I'm like trying to remember. But like this yeah. happens all the time. Or like or bloodbending. Bloodbending, yes. Oh. Yeah, it's always demonized. Shit, like they love to do that shit. Yeah. But like all of the it seems like all of the media that does this too like has this outlook or tries to portray this outlook that we've already talked about that like it's your choices. But like it's choose- very purity yeah. culture too. Yeah, but like choosing to use a bad quote unquote power to do good things. I don't understand like yeah. even if it's like something you're born with, I feel like that is almost like you're hiding something about yourself. Right. Yeah. That's not inherently bad. All know if you try to hide something about mm. yourself or mm-hmm. negate it, it complex. becomes bigger and bigger yeah. in your personality, mm-hmm. which is why we have homophobic, mm-hmm. yeah, gay folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was looking oh, at numerology, oh, yeah, numerology stuff. stuff. Mm. Okay, thirty-one numerology. Practical yet creative energy. Uh, da, 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 da. Practical, dependable, methodical, accuracy. That doesn't sound like Harry. That sounds like Voldemort. <laughs> okay, so that's what it says about 31. Right. 24. Number of family, harmony, idealism, and companionship. Desire for long-term security. The number 24 is a great diplomat. It tends to use sensitive cajoling to mitigate differences and restore and keep harmony in the home. Beautiful. I couldn't begin to guess why she might have chosen the 24th. Mm -hmm. Remind me what events happened on the 24th. Oh, all of those. Yeah, the Triwizard The Triwizard, I believe, all happened on the 24th. So very family. Or at least the second two do. Weird. Or the second third. Hello. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We mustn't be stopped. Yeah. Oh, no, you're here so fun. No, this is why it makes it charming. I lit. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. Don't worry about it. I literally was like, oh, yeah. Smashing pants. Helen, do you have any just burning, burning thoughts about Harry Potter that you would like to bring up to the world? Well, so would you like a glass of wine? Oh. Oh, Okay. Earlier. Burning thoughts about Harry Potter. Well, I guess my thought is how much do the author's actions or beliefs influence whether or not you mm-hmm. can, you know, still, you know, still view the material or view it through a different lens? Yeah. That's oh. my current question. That's great. May I begin? Definitely a different lens, mm-hmm. um, but I do still partake in it and like a lot more critically but i know that like a lot of my other favorite subject matters came from somebody who turned out to be pretty shitty like tolkien was kind of racist yeah yeah 
Oh, and that doesn't come across in his works at all, so that's just a real shocker. <laughs> Sorry. Written oh, fake sarcastic. Racism. Racism. Until it gets bright, yeah. yeah. And probably many more people than I've even, like, done the research to find out about, but... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I don't know. What about you guys? I think... I think her works surpass her now. There are. Like, yeah, it feels yeah. like the the fan base took it and ran with it. Yeah. And Hollywood too. I don't know, and maybe this is just a total queer reading on Harry Potter, but I feel like so many kids like found a home in this like band of misfits mm-hmm. and I listen to a lot of Harry Potter podcasts (laughs) and it seems like a lot of like misfit adults found their way Mm -hmm. through this literature and yeah. And so I think that it like does a great disservice. I like, I'm, I'm of course really mad at her for her transphobia and yeah, ridiculous Mm -hmm. views. Yeah. But I feel like somehow she wrote something that had a really Somehow, an yeah. unintentional, yeah, made an unintentional home for a lot of queer people yeah. that she hates. Wow, that's gonna be the tagline of J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna cycle back to what I said at the beginning, which is that uh, I choose to only interact with Harry Potter in ways that I think would personally horrify her. Excellent. Which is why I read a lot of really terrible fan fiction. (laughs) Erin's read is that Harry Potter is a trans boy, and I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm here for it. I also do that to every character I over-identify with. So they're yeah, (laughs) aw, like Will Graham, like Will Graham, or like or Hannibal. Yeah, (laughs) Hannibal also obviously a trans boy. Yeah, Yeah. Hannibal. I yeah we watched a bunch of Hannibal Friday night I will say I did not sleep well that night and then I had to wake up to teach at 8 a.m but I would be interested in watching more who needs sleep and I think also while my my more kind of along with the I guess identifying lines my more favorite books are the ones I think that are people's less favorites Mm. Which one? Like five. Yeah! Five and six, definitely. Very cool. Because of the teenage interactions. Yeah. And like Absolutely. development of the characters in that way. Nice. Hell yeah. I yeah. didn't see that coming and I liked it. So. Also a big fan of number two because of all the snakes, but like Yeah. 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 My snakes. favorite part of number two is when they eat the cupcakes because they look really good. <laughs> cupcakes. I would love also, to remake those. Unnecessarily oh, hot teen Tom Riddle in the second movie. Right. Oh, <laughs> Real yeah. <big>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean that's kind of the point was that he was very handsome when he was mm. younger, right? But like Charming they age. still didn't have to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't yeah, quite that <laughs> handsome. That was rude. Confusing. That age. Yeah, once again, it definitely fed into the childhood murder kink is that Mm -hmm. very hot young man. (laughs) (laughs) Childhood murder kink. I gotta go. Sorry, guys. I'll stop talking. I loved it. I loved it. We should just do a whole episode on that alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, and call it that exactly. I would have Hannibal. A way, way too much material. Like a shameful Please, amount. I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> we'll do a part two and a part three. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Does anyone have any closing thoughts on this subject? Uh, Harry Potter in general. Yeah, not murder kings. Um, closing thoughts about Harry Potter. There could be more too. Like, it's hard to not have thoughts yeah. that grow with us. Like, I'm certain I'll have revelations in the next couple of years too. Yeah, I mean, my closing thoughts are just like it is disappointing. Like. Some of the things that, like, I've come to realize as an adult, because the books really were something that meant so much to me as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, that's just kind of part of life, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Sad. And true. That's life. Yeah. That's life. Fun fun fact about me. So, I used to listen to book three on tape when I was going to bed. Oh, So, like, the beginning, like, the first three minutes of each tape for a while, I had memorized Oh, I love that. Was that the best actor? I mean, the reader. Oh, Stephen Fry, I think, was the reader. Um, And then especially the scene where Fred and George give Harry the Marauder's Map, I remember very distinctly. That's so lovely. 
Oh my gosh. Thanks in your brain. Oh yeah, you didn't really uh, introduce yourself unless you just want to be known by your name and then we're What do you serious. say? What do you say? Any way you want to. I went off on a tangent about things that I like to do in my free time. Um, and then I really let you down <laughs> by saying absolutely nothing. That's really fine. That's what each of us needs, you know? Hi. <laughs> I'm Ellie. And I've been knitting through this whole podcast recording. My dogs are asleep under the table. So cool. I love that. Yeah. Hope you Thanks are for just us. as cozy as me. Yeah, thank you wow. for joining us, Ellie. Thank you for your, your thoughts and uh, your for research, I feel like. Friendship. <laughs> yes. Was that too friendly? <laughs> that was cordial. Oh, I like that. I'm excited. <laughs> All research right. is what I have to offer. Yeah. Dude, that's Aaron's wheelhouse too. What? Yeah. I'm really good at research. Wow. I need to bring something to this. <laughs> this is what <laughs> Sally says anytime I say I'm good at something. So I was like, do I bring anything to the table? Sally, you're our, our brave editor. Yeah. Wait, oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. All of these. No, you have a good presence too. Preach. Yeah. Tight. All right, I'll get the validation off air. All right, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut it's that a whole thing. Out. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Love you.